you're going to learn to be true dodgeballers, then you've got to learn the five D's of dodgeball. Dodge, duck, dip, dive, and dodge. If you master the five D's, no amount of balls on earth can hit you. Quibbing, go ahead. Me or... Yeah, um, shouldn't we, like, learn by dodging balls that are thrown at us, or...? That's what this sack of wrenches is for. If you can dodge a wrench, you can dodge a ball. What? Welcome into another special edition of DNVR Podcasting Movie Week Extravaganza. I'll be your host for this one, Drew Kreisman. With me today for this conversation is our super producer, Kale Sorbo. And we got to talk about two all-time classic comedies, not just sports movies. This was one of the most brutal first round matchups in the bracket. Uh, it just sort of ended up happening that way. I think the etc. bracket after the baseball one was maybe the m- most harsh. But we got to talk about Dodgeball and Caddyshack. Classic comedies from different eras. Even people that don't necessarily like or love sports love these movies. That may have been part of the reason why I was fine with them going up against each other because neither one of them are really the the typical sports flick. You know, it's not the the team comes together and wins the big game at the end. I guess Dodgeball's a little more following along that lines where Caddyshack is just kind of one of those off-the-wall comedies that's as much about letting its stars shine as anything. But let's start with the lower seed kill and um, get into dodgeball here a little bit. Uh, And this will be an interesting one because I think I watched dodgeball kind of right at the right age, like as a teenager when it first came out, right? I was like the target demo uh, for that. You would have seen it a little bit later because you're younger than I am. <laughs> so I, was just I mean, I don't know like, if I did. I probably watched this movie a little bit too young, if I'm being completely honest. <laughs> That's funny. Uh, so, <laughs> you know, what is what was your experience with Dodgeball? Uh, what, was it one of your favorites when you first saw it? Um, yeah, let, let, let's get into this one a little bit. Of course, it, anyone who doesn't know, I guess, just to give the quick synopsis, it's Vince Vaughn. Uh, versus Ben Stiller <laughs> in a an off the wall comedy where they yeah it's it's sort of built around the game of dodgeball. A lot of great character actors are Average in it. Joe's and, versus yep. uh, Globo Gym, I believe it's called, which is That's sort right. of the twenty one out twenty four hour fitness of that world. Um, it's kind of uh kind of bonkers, but it's a really fun little really fun little movie in my opinion. Um, it was one of my favorite comedies growing up, and it still is. I don't know if I watch it quite as often as I used to, but this was sure. a go-to for me and my buddies in high school, for sure. I think it's one of those movies that like really sank into the zeitgeist maybe even more than people realize. It's a movie that I think gets quoted a lot, uh, a lot more than, uh, again, it's one of those things you, you don't even realize you're quoting it when you're saying things like, nobody makes me bleed my own blood. or Yeah, like it's one of those movies that I would bet most people quoting it don't even know they're quoting it. Right. You know, I mean, I, I mean, even just in today's meme culture that we're in, I mean, how many times does the reference of 
it's a bold strategy, Cotton. Let's see how it pays off for him or whatever. Like, how many times do – I mean, I say it's a bold strategy, Cotton, I don't know, probably every other day. <laughs> right, right, exactly. And, and there, there's all kinds of stuff like that uh, throughout it. it. It's super quotable. Um, and, you know, for, for a comedy, I think it's, you know, the cast of Vince Vaughn, Ben Stiller, um, Rip Torn as Patches O'Houlihan. And um, uh, who, I, I'm trying to remember who's young Patches. O- oh, it's uh, Hank Azaria as young Patches O'Houlihan when he explains the American Dodgeball Association of America. Um, it's I think it's one of the comedies also that's aged better. We, we talked about some of those Adam Sandler films and how they maybe haven't aged as well. You go back and watch Dodgeball. It's like, actually, this is still just pretty fun. Oh, Justin Long. I always forget that. he's Oh, in it. like, yeah. Justin Long is in this movie. You're right. I huh. I actually went back and rewatched it last night just because I knew we were doing this and it was like 1030 and I was looking for a comedy to watch anyway. So um, I watched this and Semi Pro last night, which R.I.P. I knew oh, it was going to get knocked out in the first round, brutal. but I'm still salty about it. Yeah, it was a brutal first round exit. Uh, we, we may have to go back and do, I think we'll do a podcast near the end of this where we talk about some of the big surprises and some of the ones that went out early. I was really bummed about the big upsets one, in round one. Yeah. Yeah. But uh, sticking with the um, the dodgeball situation here, one of our questions, that our through lines for all of these podcasts is, does anybody in the movie remind you of a real athlete? And this is one of the ones that's maybe a bit more removed from that. But yeah, I have I an answer to this. Do you? Do you have one? I don't know. I don't, Patches O'Houlihan at some point reminds me of oh, Bill Belichick a little bit. Yes. Is that bad? No, that's a fantastic <laughs> answer. That's so good. Like, um, he's just grumpy, and it's about. Do your job. I mean, even just the dumb phrases that like we all take as, you know, gospel in the football world, the do your job or no days off, all that. I mean, if you can dodge a wrench, you can dodge a ball. I mean, Bill Belichick's not that far from that. <laughs> right, right, exactly. Uh presented on ESPN eight, the Ocho. It's just one of the great yeah. <laughs> well, that's another part of this movie that's gotten into pop culture. They do an ESPN. ESPN ate the Ocho, ever like a whole day of it on ESPN every year in the middle of the summertime when it's right. there's like not a lot else going on, and they show like the cornhole championships. And my buddy was actually on there because he was at the World Chess Boxing Championship, <laughs> and I'm Just, like, why? What? Number one, that's a whole different story about how my buddy got into chess boxing, but like sure. we don't need to go down that. But like that's a whole day ESPN does, and that comes from this movie. Yeah, it, it, it and and I think a lot of that was because of the phenomenal chemistry between uh, Gary Cole, a character actor who I really like, has been in a lot of things, spent some time in the West Wing, um, and Jason Bateman, the play-by-play and color commentators, Cotton McKnight and Pepper Brooks. Yeah, this is sort <laughs> of uh, this is sort of Jason Bateman before he had his renaissance. This That's is right. post-arrested development. Sort of when he was doing a lot of these smaller B movie roles before he had really gotten into, obviously he's doing Ozark and he's huge in those horror movies now and all that. So he's sort of had a renaissance as a dramatic actor as well as still doing comedic stuff. But this is sort of that sweet spot where he was done with Arrested Development, which is where he made his name, right? 
and he right, was just right. doing these ridiculous roles and all of a sudden he's an action announcer with crazy hair and not doing his typical Jason Bateman thing and yet he's really funny. Yeah, I, I totally agree. There's actually a lot of people in this movie who you go back and you're like, oh, they're definitely known for other things, uh, but they're really funny. Everyone kind of plays their role in that way. It is kind of the team sports movie. Um, Alan Tudyk, who's a great character actor as oh, Steve the Pirate. I love Alan Tudyk. Uh, I mean, Why Firefly, obviously. I, you're, a big, you're a big sci-fi fantasy right. nerd as well, so I'm sure you have watched Firefly as well. So that's where I know him from. But, I mean, even just, I mean, he's... I, he's one of those guys that shows up in everything. He does the voice of the crazy Duke in Frozen, and then all of a sudden he show, but Pirate Pete shows up in this movie, and it's hilarious. So right, really, I, this, I mean, now that you bring it up, this really is like an all star cast, even if it doesn't seem like it on the surface. They've got so many talented character actors in there. I totally agree. And one of the things that I, I really like about it, I think one of the reasons why it's aged so well is because I think it's cleverer than people realize. There's a lot of absurd silliness, most of it coming from the Ben Stiller character. Oh, Mike yeah, Goodman. he's ridiculous. Uh, but there are things like, um, spoilers, I guess, but like when Patches gets crushed by the luck of the Irish sign and uh, <laughs> and the Vince Vaughn character says, I don't think they sell cards like, sorry, your boss got crushed by two tons of irony. Like I, stuff like that, I think is a lot. There, there are a lot of little clever moments that keep those who can't just do the slapstick along for the ride. There is, but I don't know if this is a Not reason it aged well. <laughs> oh, no, okay. no, it is. But I don't know if this is a reason it's aged well. But the one point I kind of wanted to bring up about Dodgeball is more than a sports movie or anything. This movie kind of defines an era of American comedy films to me. Totally agree. Totally, it comes out of that that whole in between, like just pre Judd Apatow and post nineties, like a yeah. an era where because uh, comedies a lot of these now movies, are yeah. you know kind of sad, and they're actually written as as really good movies and and all of right. that. And not that these aren't really good movies, but this is sort of like to me definitive, like mid two thousands, like kind of ridiculous but still really funny i mean there's not a there's some heart to it but it's not like the big sick or something like that you know so it's right apatow it's not really that awkward brand of comedy that you know we get in something like the 40 year old virgin or something like that it it sort of is it's in that wedding singer you know shanghai nights like all of those types of movies and to me this is the one that sort of Stand, rush hour stands the test of time more than any of those like mm, all those movies just i just me mentioned right i don't now, watch but... those very yeah. often but i watch dodgeball probably once a year yeah no i i mean i loves me some rush hour but i i totally agree i think dodgeball is one of the best from that um whole era and i think in that way i don't want to jump too far ahead but it actually stands Similarly with Caddyshack, which does something similar, where it is totally. kind of one of the defining comedies of its era. But we'll, we'll get but to I that. Think that's what part yep. of what made this matchup so interesting. Um, and spoiler alert for anyone who hasn't seen, Caddyshack won by, I think, a half a percent. I think it was 49.5 yeah. to 50.5. Ridiculously close race. 
And I, I don't know. I mean, this is just me hypothesizing, but it might be that generational thing. I mean, our demographic is pretty split between those two demos as a company. Right. And Caddyshack might be more famous, but I think a lot of people from my generation and your generation view Dodgeball in a similar way that maybe my parents view Caddyshack. I think absolutely. And and people might, you know, think that that's really crazy, but it is like they're, they're in that similar vein where, as you mentioned, it's not, it's got some nice messages. There's a, if you're looking for it, there's a, there's a heartwarming center to that movie. Absolutely. And I think it makes it go, but it ends again, spoilers, I guess, but with Ben Stiller in a fat suit saying effing Chuck Norris, like it, it's not <laughs> like it. No, it's like just it is not highbrow comedy by any means. Right. <laughs> uh, and it knows what it is and it's fine being that, but it does sort of uh, more follow an actual plot where you become attached to the characters and you're rooting for them to win. And, you know, he has to get the inspirational speech from Lance Armstrong, which in hindsight is even weirder. That whole scene is like just super bizarre at now. Peak live strong life. Like that's where we were at at the time. Peak yeah. live strong life. And again, in a way, like you were saying, it puts you in a very specific moment in time. And it's just, yeah, it's pretty good. Or even the Chuck Norris references. Oh, I mean, those became a huge meme. Yeah, I mean, it was, it was meme pre-meme, you know? Like, right, it was right. the Chuck Norris's and the, I like the, even just the fashion in the movie. I know that seems weird, but um, totally. Like all the girls wearing low rise bell bottom pants and, belts on shirts that don't hold anything up and stuff right. like that where I'm like, right. Oh, right. That was a thing. Like that's what people were wearing at the time, you know? And it, it very much is, it's such a two thousands comedy, but it really does stand up. I mean, I rewatched it last night and I laughed a lot. Like I was like, yeah, yeah. this is still really funny. It's pretty good. Uh, before we move on, do you have a favorite character or favorite scene in the movie? I've always been, uh, a fan of, in fact, I think it's Vince Vaughn's best role in my mind. I think it's just so endearing. Like a lot of his characters can be funny, but come off really like, I want to hit that guy in the face. And Peter LaFleur is like everybody's friend. That first scene where he goes through uh, his gym of misfits and he's just talking to everybody in their language. Um, and he's just, you know, he's kind of being above it for a lot of the movie, but he doesn't talk down to or disrespect people and the, like I'm a, I'm a big Peter LaFleur guy and so yeah I, I'm taking him and, and I'm taking that that first scene where he walks through and gives everybody really strange advice so yeah uh favorite scene for me I mean if you can dodge a wrench you can dodge a ball that first <laughs> training sequence that montage montage in is... a sports movie I know. I mean, I know it's so stereotypical, but from a comedic aspect, but when you, you like, have to. Yeah. When you're from a comedic aspect, there's not like a five minute stretch of a movie where I belly laugh more than that stretch. Um, and then uh, I, I don't know the ending of the movie. Like, I think the whole like blindfold thing gets a little cheesy, but like the whole Globo gym, the warm up where they're like doing the dance as they walk I could dance kind oh, yeah. of thing as they walk yeah. out i mean i think this might be one of my favorite ben stiller comedic performances he's uh he's probably a i don't know i i really like him as an actor just both comedically and dramatically and a lot of things me too. I this think to he's me underrated. is 
this to me is a movie where he doesn't, you know, it's not dinner for schmucks. He's not really playing a typical Ben Stiller character. He really got a chance to just full on go character acting in this movie. And I think he just had a blast with it. And I guess watching him from an acting perspective, it looks like he had a lot of fun shooting this movie. And that makes me have a lot of fun watching his character, even though he's like the best bad guy. Yeah, his parallel introduction, uh, which <laughs> stands in stark contrast to the Vince Vaughn one, where he just oh, walks so around great. being a total creeper, and then uh, the the woman comes into the office, and there's the painting on the wall, and he says, "That's me taking the bull by the horns. It's a metaphor. It really happened, though." <laughs> just like, <laughs> like, but like even that, what you were saying earlier about like the movie is underratedly clever. Like that line is brilliant. Yeah, right. <laughs> and and it gets, I think, kind of lost in some of the ridiculousness that happens. And, and I feel very similar about the other movie we've got to talk about, which is going to move on. But I, I think also probably unlikely to get out of the second round. We'll see. And that is Caddyshack. So we finish 18. And he's going to stiff me. And I say, hey, Lama, hey, how about a little something, you know, for the effort, you know. And he says, oh, uh, there won't be any money. But when you die on your deathbed, you will receive total consciousness. <laughs> so I got that going for me, which is nice. Is more of a movie for a generation before ours, but it was a movie that, you know, I watched a lot as I'm not a kid, but as a a young man, because all of the comedians in this are, you you know, my parents' favorite comedians. Uh, And when you go back and watch it, you recognize that in a way it was almost way before its time, like a pre like way before Judd Apatow, where you're like, this movie is basically just a vehicle for Chevy Chase, Rodney Dangerfield and Bill Murray and a few other people really at times to be really funny. Like there, there are through lines and plots. If you want them, is I there, guess. Is there really <laughs> a plot through? Is, uh, I know. <laughs> I mean, kind of like, sure. Like, there's the whole, like, I don't know. I like the characters, but like, also it's also like, it's kind of a sitcom in that sense too, where it just like, it puts all these characters who are really funny in situations that are ridiculous together. And so the plot to me is kind of just like, oh, like the plot itself is a plot device just right. to get <laughs> all of these characters in the same room together. Like, right. <laughs> yeah. And we should probably start here because there are so many men talking about dodgeball being memes before memes. Actually, Caddyshack is like original memes. Everything from, well, we're waiting to, yeah. uh, hey, everybody, we're going to get laid. Uh, <laughs> there's, there's so many, or just the, the gifts of, of Bill Murray, uh, taking the, the golf club to the flowers. <laughs> I, I mean, that or the, the shoving, the shoving the hose into the gopher hole. Like, I mean, there's just <laughs> that whole scene to me is my favorite scene in the movie. And I don't mean to spoil anything. I'm sure we'll get more into it later, but like, there's no dialogue. It's just pure right. physical comedy. And like, Bill Murray being Bill Murray in the best way. I I don't know. I just, I love this movie, but it's one of those where you're like, you're right. This was a, a comedy for the past generation, but it was also ahead of its time 
I mean, I would I would pay you to show me someone who watches this movie and goes like, yeah, that's not funny. Like, it's too old for me, not the style of comedy I like. Right. I think it's lack of plot almost helps in that way because stories can get really dated, especially like I've seen this a lot. I don't want to get too much into this conversation, but with like the Mighty Ducks where people are like, no, that movie sucks. It's just a standard like underdog story. It's like, no, it did it awesome. And then a bunch of other people also tried to do it and you got sick of it. But Caddyshack's not going to run into that problem because you know what other movies don't have is Rodney Dangerfield just walking through a store going, I want this, I want that. This hat looks stupid. Oh, it looks good on you, though. <laughs> you know, like, it's just you can't replace that when what you're really... And that is kind of how the Judd Apatow movies work, right? He just puts you know, Steve Carell and Seth Rogen in a room and lets them do their thing. This feels more structured than that. But I think that's one of the reasons, like... Um, Chevy Chase, when he and he just playing his typical smarmy jackass, just just uh, what was the guy tells him great shot, says thank you very little, and then goes on and starts doing all kinds of trick shots on the green with like laser sounds, and it's there's so many classic scenes, and it's almost not even worth remembering how or why or if they even fit together. That's the thing is, it's really just like it's a collection of a bunch of great scenes. It's almost like an episode of Family Guy. (laughs) Yeah. Like, it's a collection of a bunch of great moments. Like, I don't know if the movie works. Like, as far as, like, film (laughs) structure goes, like, if it is it a good movie? I don't know if the answer to that question is yes from a filmmaking standpoint. But also, the point of a comedy is to make you laugh and keep you entertained. And even though the movie doesn't really make sense... Each, not all of them, but 90% of the scenes individually make you laugh your butt off. Right, right. And so, like, that's really all that matters. <laughs> oh, I totally agree. And I, I think, like, in general, we could be a little bit looser about, God, does this plot have to make exact sense? I think that's one of those weird things that people get super attached to. It's like, it's a movie. It's fine. But especially in comedy. like I mean, in that sense, Caddyshack is almost absurdist. Right, right. No, I think that's a great description for it. That you know, they it's in fact, you know, it reminds me a lot of the old Leslie Nielsen movies, which were very purposefully like that, like the naked gun and those kinds of things, just on oh, face the value naked or airplane. Great. Um it, and Caddyshack exists. It's like you were saying, yeah, how Dodgeball kind of exists in that um class of movies. I feel like Caddyshack exists in that class of airplane and naked gun the it's almost surprising to me actually that leslie nielsen isn't in this movie because there are so many scenes that are clearly like this whole thing was written just so the guy at the very end of the scene could say you know and don't call me shirley or or whatever like it's (laughs) like that's what we're here for is to tell you a joke it's almost like watching a stand-up comedian and saying like, well, the setup to your joke wasn't realistic. It was hilarious, but I'm not, you know, it wasn't a realistic setup. Like, I know. <laughs> I mean, it is. And that's, we don't really make movies like that anymore. But that right. was an era of comedy. Uh, and Caddyshack is one of those defining movies. I mean, you're right. It, Airplane, The Naked Gun. I mean, I guess the thing that I can like, the only movie I can think of that's kind of like that now would be maybe like, and I'm not even trying to compare these cause they're not on the same level, but something like the hangover where the plot is like, you can break down the plot and uh, 
okay, we're trying to find our friend. Like, that's it. And it's just a bunch of really funny scenes strung together and ridiculous mayhem happening. Right. Um, And obviously with the time periods and stuff, like a, a little more edgy and stuff in the 2010s than things were back in the 80s. But that's really the only movie off the top of my head I can think of where the plot is almost secondary, you know? Yeah. And, and, you know, when I was looking back at this, I was surprised at how many things were even edgier than I would expect. Again, not what we would do in, you know, even at 2020 in this point, but the amount of, like, there's the scene where Bill Murray is talking about the different kinds of grass because he's the groundskeeper and he knows all that stuff and he's hunting the gopher the whole movie and all that stuff is hilarious. But then he rolls that giant I assume mile high green cross or green solution product for Chevy chase. And, <laughs> and yes, he does because he knows all kinds of grass is the joke uh, among other things that get to become the joke. But it's like, yeah, this is, the, <laughs> this is exactly the kind of thing you're talking about or the, um, I didn't know the actor's name. I'm, I'm sure he's well known by another generation. He's the main kind of old guy in it, the short guy, Ted Knight is the name oh, of the actor. I, oh, I just looked yeah. It up. Um, and uh, th- there's a scene where he's at the bar and the, the Chevy Chase character like goes and he pours, you, you assume he's pouring salt on his hand to uh, take a shot of tequila. But then just before the, taking the shot, he just snorts whatever he put on his hand off and throws the glass back. Oh, and you're like, oh. hilarious. And, again, and if you don't know, you don't know. <laughs> but yeah there's so much stuff like that uh in the movie uh i get like when uh chevy chase says to the guy because he's worried he's like I- i'd love to measure up against you on the golf course sometime and chevy chase is much taller than him says oh i only measure up in regards to height <laughs> and, the, and, and the guy says to him like well I- i'm sorry i'll just never quite be able to measure up and I'll, ne- I'll never be able to reach that. And I'll be just like, Hey, you keep just, <laughs> just, just, just keep setting them up for all the short jokes one after another. Like that's all this scene exists to do. Right, so do you yeah, have it's... a favorite? See, we did favorite scene already a best character. Then it's gotta be Bill Murray. Yeah, I mean, it's gotta be Bill Murray. I don't, I don't think there's, there's not a, there's not a wrong answer on this one, but there's a right answer. If you know what I mean, <laughs> that's right. I think that's right. I don't think any of the characters remind us of athletes in real life. Well, maybe, maybe actually kind of the, the, the Chevy chase character just being the super arrogant womanizing thinks he's cooler than everybody athlete. There, there are certain, I was going to say, like especially that, yeah. golfers. There's a lot of those. Yeah. <laughs> Fair enough. Matt. And that's the other thing. I don't know golf as well. So maybe that's part of it. I don't, I don't get some of those uh, particular references. Oh, and we didn't do this before, so maybe we should actually think on both of these now for both movies. Worst part of the movie. What's what's the worst line or worst part of either Caddyshack or Dodgeball? The worst part of Dodgeball is um, the joke at the end, which has not aged well, um, (laughs) about her being bisexual and how that just suddenly makes her also polyamorous. Right. And like how that's just okay, and yet in monogamy apparently can't exist in LGBT yeah. relationships. That's yeah, bad. That's a, yeah, 
Agreed. not good. Uh, so for me, that's the worst part of dodgeball. <laughs> Even that whole running thread, I, I I totally agree. Like at the beginning, when they like like because she's at sports, they think she's a lesbo or whatever. They keep saying that. It's like uh, they yeah that that word in particular has not aged. Yeah, um, that's the one part of the movie where I go, okay, it hasn't aged super well. Uh, you just kind of got to acknowledge it as a product of the time. I mean, those types of jokes were really big in comedy then, just in general. I mean, if you go back and watch, I mean, big comedians from that time as much as, I mean, the guy that comes to my mind who was huge during that time who is you know, not great for other reasons is Louis C.K., but that's sort of what sure. his whole shtick was around that right. time. Right. So, uh, you know, it, it's one of those where, like, I think you look at it as a product of the time and, and just be glad that we've moved past that point in our society where those jokes are things that we're making. Because even if it's funny in the joke, it, it also, uh, I mean, you don't want to make jokes at the expense of marginalized people. So right. for me, at least. And I, you know, I, I think it, there's a similar issue with Caddyshack, especially just when it comes to women throughout the women are, are the butts of, you know, largely sexual jokes. Some of them very inappropriate um, <laughs> so, and also just generally are, you know, there to be looked at and there for Chevy Chase and some of the other characters to make inappropriate jokes around and um yeah so i i think with both movies if you were to say it broadly what's the worst thing about them is that in those regards i think a lot of the comedy has aged well but there are certainly social elements of them that have not where you're like oh well it was the 80s you know like i guess making jokes because of women's appearances at their expense was okay so we just have to roll with that yeah uh you know um Hopefully, it can also serve as a reminder of how much we've learned and grown over the years. I don't yeah, know. and I'm not one of those people who's like, because of those things, we need to take these right. things out of the pop culture, like, library. Like, right. we it's can watch Caddyshack and enjoy it as long as you... And same thing with Dodgeball. You can watch those and enjoy it and even laugh at some of those jokes as long as you recognize, hey, like, you know, learn it almost... Use it almost as a Let's learning... Let's not do that anymore. Yeah, as a learning opportunity to go hey yeah let's not do that anymore that's not really okay um it was funny at the time now it's not like i'm not gonna go make that joke to someone on the street tomorrow like that would be bad all right i think that's a good place to wrap this one up we have got a whole bunch of these going on throughout uh the week doing movie week here at dnvr so make sure you're subscribed to everything that you're following us on all the social media Kale Sorbo, I've been Drew Priestman. Way true. What? I never we did never get picks. Caddyshack or Dodgeball. Who would you oh. what would you pick? Well, uh, I mean, honestly, I would pick Dodgeball. I would but, too. But yeah. Yeah. No, you're right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but anyways, point. I just wanted to get a quick pick out. Uh thank you guys for listening. Uh as Drew says, he will always be Drew Creaseman, and I might not be Kale Sorbo tomorrow. You never know. You never know. All right. We'll see you next time.